Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church is located in Keller, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Now, let's prepare our hearts for this week's message. It's great to be with you. It really is. My wife is here with me today. She doesn't always travel with me, so I want to ask Pastor Wife Barbie to stand. Would you do that, honey? This is my beautiful wife. And so, there you go. Thank you, sweetie. That's right. I got that. I got that. That's right. So you know I'm in sales, clearly. So, uh, no, it's great to be with you. It really is an honor, and I love this church, and I love what God's doing here. And I just want to say this. I just walked through your facility. This place is unbelievable. It's gorgeous, and this is a monument to a miracle. And I want to just acknowledge the sacrifice that so many of you have made to build an amazing church. It's not a building. It's the people. But what you've done here is unbelievable. Can we give God some glory for what he's doing in this place? This is packed. The... Do y'all know it's summer? You're not supposed to be here. Why are you here? This is crazy. This is packed. It is July. What is going on? This is amazing. I love it. God is obviously alive and thriving in this ministry. I believe God brought me here today because I want to talk to you guys today about something that all of us go through and there are no exceptions. You can't get around this whether you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter whether you have no degree or more degrees in a thermometer. No one can get around this one. And here it is. All of us have to learn to wait. Now, are you like me and you're not good at waiting? I, I, I hate to wait. I just, I, I don't like it. I'm like, God, I know your Bible talks about patience. I want patience. I want you to give them to me right now, right now. I'm, that's when I want it. I don't like to wait on stuff. But everyone I know is waiting on something. Maybe you're waiting, maybe you're single and you're waiting on the right man or woman to enter your life. You're like, God, would you please give me that relationship? You know, that's what I'm waiting for. And, and that seems like a forever wait. And ladies, where are my ladies at? Doesn't it always seem like all your girlfriends get engaged before you? What is about that, right? You know, this is why ladies get mad. They're like, this is why as soon as your friend gets engaged, you're like, I just feel like it was kind of fast. I just don't know. Because <laughs> you're upset it wasn't you, right? I mean, let's be honest. And so, and so we're mad. Or maybe you're waiting on that job, that promotion, you're waiting for that raise. You're waiting to get done with school. I don't know what it is for you, but we're all waiting on something. Or maybe your wait is a little more difficult. Maybe you're waiting to get pregnant. You're having a hard time and you're praying about this. You're like, God, I know you brought us together for a reason. We're supposed to have a family. And Lord, what is up with the wait? I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're waiting to overcome depression. Maybe you're waiting to finally get through a legal battle that's just a mess that you just can't get out of on your own. What are you waiting for? We're all waiting or something. So today I want to talk about how to get a fast pass. Wouldn't that be cool? You guys been to Disney and gotten a fast pass before? Isn't that the coolest thing ever? You're like, where were you my whole life? I've been waiting for this. This is so awesome. You can't get them for every ride, but you get a fast pass. You get to skip the line and go straight up there. But I remember waiting in line. They didn't have fast passes when I grew up, right? I mean, like when we went to theme parks as kids, there was no such thing as a fast pass. And I grew up in Houston. Do you know how hot Houston is in the summer, right? I remember standing in line for a roller coaster thinking it was going to be forever. We would stand in line for like two hours. That is forever, especially when you're 13. You know, I'm like, this is insanely long, and it was hot as could be. It's a sticky hot in Houston, right? And so that's where I grew up. And so we used to go to this place called Asteroid. Anybody know what I'm talking about with Asteroid? I know you have six flags here, right? And so I've been there too. You know, it's very similar, right? And so I would wait in line to get on the roller coasters. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I was 13, I was kind of a wuss. I wasn't, I wasn't confident yet. And so I remember with me and my buddy, my, my mom dropped us off at Asteroid. I realized how horrible that sounds to young mothers today. You're like, are you kidding me, right? There's creepy people everywhere. She just dropped you off. In the 80s, none of us had rules. That's how it happened. <laughs> it's just the truth. There was just, 
I drove my bike three or four neighborhoods over. Just a normal day. It was just normal. We did that. We live. We live. We're still here. I'm just telling you right now. Now, today, my mom would leave me in the car and go in and shop. Today, you'd be publicly hung for this. You know what I'm talking about? That was just a normal day. They're like, I'll, put, I'll crack the window for you. You know, we're just sweating. Like, please make it fast. You know, that was just normal. I know, it's corrupt. But anyways. So basically, she would drop us off at Asheroll, not because she loved us, because she wanted to get rid of us, right? She's like, yeah, y'all go have fun all day. And I know she was eating bonbons somewhere, having a great time. She dropped off the kids, you know. But me and my buddy would go to Asheroll, having a great time. And we would go ride the rides, you know. But I learned something about the rides. Here's, here's what I learned. If you don't have a line, that means the ride is not that great, right? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, hey, there's no line. Let's go ride that ride. You get on, and you're like, this is why there's no line. It's lame, right? Like this was a terrible ride. There's like, I don't even know why this ride's here. This is just to take my time so that I don't, so I wait then to go get in the bigger line. But, but I remember whenever there was no wait, it meant the ride wasn't that great, right? And so that's just kind of how it works. There's a guy in the Bible who didn't like to wait. His name is Samson. If you got your Bibles or your Bible app, turn to Judges chapter 14. Samson didn't like weights. He was a strong guy. God had given him an, an anointing. In fact, let me just tell you, the word anointing, a derivative of the word anointing is power. Basically, it's like this is where God's power is displayed in your life. It's your anointing. I heard some anointed singers today. Did you not? There was power in the room. Why? Because God's power is displayed when we use the gifts where our anointing is, and they clearly are anointed. I didn't get up on stage to sing because the anointing would have left because I'm not gifted there, right? But they are anointed. So, so that's how, let's just define that. Power is where you are anointed, what God has led you to do. So look at this scripture. It's amazing. He's a young guy. Basically, he's a teenager, maybe college age. A young Philistine woman in Timna caught my eye. This is what he told his parents. I want to marry her. Get her for me. I mean, can you be more direct than this? He's like, hey, see that girl? I think she's hot. Go get her for me. Simple as that. Like, this, this, and we read that and we think, Really? Like, is that, do you just think you can just do that? No. Basically, he's sliding into some girl's DMs. That's what he's doing. He's like, because I like your pics, and I, I, want, I want to get you. That's who I want, right there, right? That's what he does. Now, look what happens. He says, his father and mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe among all the Israelites you could marry? They asked, why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? But Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. Now, this is an example, by the way, of really bad fathering about what we're about to see. But, you know, he's like, no, 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 this is what you do. No, that, can't you find one of ours, like someone that's of our own faith? Now, now, to be clear, this is not about race or nationality. It's about faith. Because there's lots of places in the Old Testament and New Testament where people that were not Israelites, they were not of the Jewish nation, that God said, if you believe in me, that's all that matters, right? So we know this very clear in Scripture. So we know what he was saying was, couldn't you find a Christian? Couldn't you find a girl that has the same faith? You know, it's like, I don't worry about that. She looks good, get her for me. Now that seems a little crude, but isn't that really how we date here in America? Yeah. It's like, hey, she's hot. And I, you know, I think she has a crucifix shirt, so she must be a Christian, I'll marry her. You know what I mean? It's like really, we find ourselves falling for someone just because they're attractive. And it's, and it's really the wrong way to do it. And I know most of us would agree, we're in church, we're like, no, I want a Christian. But you ever talk to someone, this happens all the time in the atrium in my church, I'll be talking to some young person, and they're like, oh, I, I want to bring my, my boyfriend here. And I'm like, oh, that's great, you have a boyfriend, is he a Christian? And then they give me this answer, they go, yeah. Like, did you see your face right then? Because you just told me no. I mean, yeah. You can tell with the hesitation, can't you? They're like, maybe they prayed a prayer sometime. That's the only evidence there possibly is. In other words, like, in other words, I'm not dating a person, pastor. I'm dating a project. I'm going to pull them across the finish line here and try to convert them as we date, which is a really bad idea, by the way. That's not how God designed it. 
But this is what happens when you're not willing to wait. Is you just, you know, if they look good to me, get her now. Get him now. That's why I want, I want them right now. And so he was not willing to wait. What's crazy is this guy is ripped, man. He's got muscles where I don't even have places. You know what I mean? He's ripped to pieces. Like, this should not be a problem for Samson, you know? Like, you're a good-looking dude. You're strong as an ox. You know, you're literally spiritually strong, like, physically. I mean, craziness. You should not have a problem finding an amazing girl. But what he wanted, he wanted. And so that's what he did. You know, it's funny because this is the way my wife shops for cars. You know what I'm talking about? She's like, I like that car. Why? Well, I really like the, the mirror when it comes down. And I do my makeup. It's a really good mirror. I'm like, this is not why you buy a car. You know, or she likes the one little, she's like, I like this item, this one little thing. Like, it just, it's something small. And I'm like, that's great. But you know, you have to buy the whole car to get that one item, right? You ever done this? I'm just teasing. She's actually smarter than that. But, but have you ever liked a vehicle for one item? You ever done that? Just one of the, and, and, and you realize that like, but I gotta take the whole car to get that one item that I really like. This is what we do with dating. I don't think there'd be any guys in here that would, that would just be looking at one particular feature on the woman only, but yet forgetting that that comes with a package that is not just getting that one feature. And I know women fall for it too. You know, they're like, oh, but he's got such a nice car and a tight butt. And so, but the car and the butt are gonna go out about the same time. I just need to let you know. So the thing is, can you say that in church? I'm sorry, Brandon, we need to correct this. I, we can edit that. So the truth is though, is that we're falling for someone strictly by what's, what we're seeing. That's what he did. She, she looks good, get her for me. I want her right now. And maybe if you, it's not relationships. Maybe if you, it's like, I want this promotion now. Why am I not hired up in the organization? I can help you with this. You've been there 18 months, that's why. In other words, people that are high up in the organization have been there a long time. They've done a lot to, to get there. When you see someone who has a thriving career, I need to let you know something. They didn't just get that job. They built a career. And that takes a long time to do. It's not a fast fix. Let me fast forward in the story. This is the way Samson went for women. Look at Judges chapter 16. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. This is with Delilah. He's dating the wrong girl. And so you date the wrong girl, she'll cost you your strength. You date the wrong guy, he'll cost you your strength. Goes on to say this. My hair was never been, has never been cut, he confessed, because she's like, why are you so strong? My friends are wanting to know. Well, her friends are wanting to kill him. And so she's friends with people that go direct, that directly oppose his beliefs. And so that's, that's what's going on here. So he, he falls for this girl, get her, that's who I want. And so he's you know, making all kinds of wrong decisions. My hair has never been cut, he says, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Now, what does Delilah do? She, she inst instead of thinking, oh, that he has this weakness, let me bolster him, no, 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 no. The wrong girl focuses on your weakness and destroys you over it, right, or wrong guy. This is what happens, and so what does she do? She lulls him to sleep, brings a, uh, you know, a barber in, cut his hair. Boom, he wakes up, his hair's cut, his drink's gone, he doesn't even know it. Look at this, it says in this scripture, it says in 16, Judges 16, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep. Then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. By the way, one of the things you need to watch really closely is you're being warned by God when your strength is being brought down. Is there someone that you go hang out with and your strength is brought down the more you're with them? Like you're like, hmm, I felt closer to God, but now I feel a little further from God. It's like when I go out on a Friday night with this group of friends, I do the right decisions. When I go with this group, I, I really do stupid things. So you're like, they're bringing you down. You haven't gone all the way down yet, but you should be warned by that first lock being cut. Like, I'm not as strong as I was in the Lord when I started hanging out with this person. 
when I started going to these places, when I started doing these things. And so that's what's happening here. His strength is being brought down. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do this before and shake myself free. But I love this scripture. This is, this is powerful, but it's also just dirty. Like when you read it, you're like, ooh, it just hurts. This is what it says. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. Oh, it's too late at this point, right? So the Philistine captured him and gouged out his eyes. Does that not sound terrible? What is this, Al-Qaeda? This is crazy. They gouge out his eyes. That is unbelievably painful. But I wonder if this is something that would help us. Maybe you have a vision for your life. I have a vision for a godly marriage one day. I have a vision for a godly great career one day. I have a vision for a healthy body. I have a vision for a great retirement one day. But you must get in the way of your vision, your sight. So God's like, you know what? Clearly you go for whatever you see. I'll take care of that problem. I'll let the enemy take out your eyes. That's what happens. Now he can't see. Can you imagine not being able to see anything? I mean, that'd be, I, I would just, I would find myself completely dependent upon others. And at some point, my hands are going to be raised. I'm going to say, God, why'd you let me get to this point? God says, because Samson, I had to do this because you just wanted whatever you could see. Hey, Paul, I know how to get your vision, right? Let's take away your sight. That's when he got his vision. So we keep falling for what's in front of us. Just because they're in front of you doesn't mean that's the right one for you. Just because that job's in front of you doesn't mean it's a job you take. Just because that person you can hang out with is there doesn't mean you hang out with them. You should have some vision that says, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I can hang out Friday night alone. It's worth it. Because last time I checked, singles, a person who is always on the date doesn't have a standard. If you have a standard, you're not going to have a lot of dates. That's just how that works. If you've got a standard, you're going to wait. And, and when other people are partaking of things, you're going to be, no, I'm not going to do it. Because good things do come to those who wait. So I just want to encourage you with this simple message. It's not complicated. If you'll take some notes, the first thing I want to tell you is that no wait means no power. He, he, he lost his power because he could not wait. He could not control his appetites. He wanted what he wanted, and he wanted it now. And it destroyed him. So he lost his sight. No weight. That's the small rides that you don't really go fast and you don't really go anywhere. They're kind of boring and you get on the ride and you realize, this is why there's no weight with this one. This was easy. It was easy to date them. Wonder why. It was easy to get that job. Now I know why. The, the, the desirable positions, the desirable opportunities, those take, those take a weight. They're just not, that person, that job, that opportunity doesn't come around every day. You got to wait for it. So we have to learn the power of a good wait. Now, here's the other thing I want to encourage you to do. Sometimes we, we have no weight and it leads to no power, but this is really important too. Sometimes we have to wait a little bit. Sometimes it's just a short wait, but a short wait matters. Look at Isaiah 40. It says this, but those who wait upon God gets fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. This means that sometimes you're just faint, you're just tired. And this is why every one of us today, I want to encourage you to commit to something. It's something that you've heard many years if you've been in church your whole life, or maybe this is brand new to you. I want to ask you to commit to a short wait every day. God, I'm just going to wait on the Lord just a little bit every day. If you've just been worn out, maybe you're tired, maybe God brought you to church today to hear a spiky-haired preacher with ADD from South Texas because he wanted to tell you this, because God wants to tell you this, I miss my time with you. God's saying to you, he says, I have so much to tell you. If you'll just give me just a little bit of time every day, 
I'll pour into you. And you know what? I've learned this in my own prayer life. If you'll be still in the presence of God, this is hard for me because I'm a doer. Anyone else a doer in here? Go, 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 right? I used to say this all the time, like, don't just stand there, do something. And then God taught me, don't just do something, stand there. Be still in the presence of God. Here's what I've learned in my prayer time. I've learned that God wants to tell me secrets, and God wants to tell you secrets too. And the biggest secret he wants to tell you is who you really are. You have no idea who you really are, David. You just think you're a shepherd boy. But God put a king in every little boy. You have no idea the conqueror you are, Deborah. You have no idea the greatness I have in you, you young, you young maiden, Mary. You have no idea the plans I have for you. If you'll just get still in the presence of God, he'll tell you who you really are. It'll blow your mind. Maybe God brought me here today just to tell you, slow down. Oh, but I, I mean, I know I'm supposed to spend you know, 10, 15 minutes with God every day, but I just don't have time. That's funny because you look at the app on your phone and it says you spend four hours a day on it. So I think we have time. Are we allocating time? Little weight leads to a little bit of power. What does that mean by a little bit of power? That means that you get enough power to get through today. Sometimes you just need that. I don't need a lot of power. I just need a little power to get through today. Anybody like that? You're like, I'm just, God, can you just help me get through the day to get those kids put to bed, right? Let me just get through the day and deal with that cranky boss. Let me just get through the day and deal with Dallas traffic. Let me just, let me just get through the day, right, and deal with something. Because you know what I'm talking about? You get stressed, don't you? Maybe even coming to church. Anybody stressed today just getting to church? You ever found yourself on a Sunday morning getting ready for church with your arms around a child going, get ready so we can go learn about the love of Jesus? I mean, I've heard people do this. I've never obviously done this myself. <laughs> and you're driving along, and you're like, everyone, you stop. You stop fighting with your sister right now. And you need to pull around. You pull over the parking lot. You're like, oh, praise the Lord. Good to see you. <laughs> the reality is that we all get uptight. We need that, that little time to just stop and just wait on the Lord. Colossians 1 puts it this way. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. I bet for some of us, that last 20 minutes of time with God just worshiping, wasn't that what you need for this week? I needed that. Thank God. What a blessed moment. You're blessed to have great worship here. Wow, the presence of God was ushered in here. Why would you want to miss that? Why would you ever want to miss that? What a blessing to be with God's people, be in his house, waiting on the Lord, and look how God speaks to us. It's incredible. But waits are difficult. We don't like waiting. But if you learn to wait a little bit, you get a little bit of power. And so I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to wait. Years ago, I'm so into roller coasters, by the way. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with them now. So I, I rode uh, this one roller coaster uh, in Astroworld. I want to tell you about this really crazy thing happened to me. Um, when I was 13 years old, we would go uh, and we'd be in line forever waiting for the big ride, you know. But I was still scared. And, and, and they had this roller coaster called the Texas Cyclone. And it's kind of like the giant here that, that you have here at Six Flags, which means it's like an old school wooden roller coaster, which means they're loud, right? You ever notice that they make you wind through the line underneath the loudness. You're like, what are you doing to me, right? And so if you're a kid, you're scared to death. You know, I just hear this, whoa, ah! you know, and they're going by and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I'll be fine. I'll be fine, right? But I was 13. I was scared to death. And I remember every year we would go, me, me, me and my buddy, we, he'd come in town, we'd hang out. We'd go and then we'd stay a couple days and go to Astro at least one day and we'd get in line and then they would always say this in the last week they'd say in case you don't want to ride the ride just stay in line and step through the ride basically in other words like don't walk all the way back down and get in the ride excuse me I'm a wuss excuse me I'm a wuss excuse me I'm a wuss excuse me you don't want to do that 
So instead, just stay in line like everything's cool. Then whenever the, the ride pulls up, just step through the line, right? And you're fine and just go. You don't have to do it, right? So we did this for several years. We stepped through the line just out of fear because we heard the loud noise and we're scared. One year, little third grader walked off the ride after he had just rode it. We saw him, little guy, about half our size. I mean, he couldn't have been older than maybe, I don't know, eight or nine. He, I guarantee he wasn't even a double-digit midget. He was young, right? He was a little guy. And so he gets off. And he's like, that was so fun. Let's do it again. And we're like, okay, we got to do this. This is embarrassing. This kid's half our age. So we got on the ride. So when we did that, Texas Cyclones, old wooden coaster. This is old school, not like a new one. Now they got the big harness that comes off for you. And you're like, cuts off your breathing. You're like, this is going to be fun. I can't see anyone, but I'm going to have a good time. You know what I mean? So they have those crazy harnesses. They didn't have that. This is old school, right? This is like 1980-something. You guys remember these kind of roller coasters? It's just a wooden box. This is where you do your back damage and have to get surgery 30 years later. You know what I'm talking about? You sit in this thing. They have this tiny little cushion you sit on, and they have one seat belt that goes across both of you, like an old school Oldsmobile seat belt. You know what I'm talking about? And there's one that goes across both of you. So they tell us, I said, where should we sit? They go, oh, sit in the back seat. It's the best. I'm like, okay, you know, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Well, now I know that means that on a wooden track, it jumps the track the whole time. So they think that's the best. That was not the best for my first ride. So I get in that, sit down, I'm all excited, my buddy's with me, we, neither of us have ridden this thing. We can't get the seatbelt to go. This is a true story, I promise. We can't get it to go. I'm like, oh, this is gonna go, right? So finally, I'm just like, and I get it to click, right? Clicks, I'm like, okay, we're good. I didn't know when we did that, we pulled it out of the side. So now we start going up the roller coaster. You know, chick, 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 click, right? You know, like, okay, here we go. We're about halfway up. My buddy goes, hey, look. And he holds up the other end. <laughs> yeah, this stunts my growth, by the way. I'd be probably 6'4 if it wasn't for this moment. <laughs> I am terrified. I'm like, you've got to be. You were like, ah, stop throwing, stop throwing, stop. There's no stopping this, you know? So we grab a hold. And I mean, I had a hold on this thing, like white knuckle, like you've never seen. I'm holding on this thing. We go over that first dip. It is so crazy fast, and we're freaking out. It's jumping all over the place. We're holding on. We have no seat belt on. You know, I mean, it's nuts. We pull in. We're finally finished. We're like, we're alive. We did it. And what do we do? We turn to each other and we're like, that was great. Let's do it again. Right? Now, they did block off that seat after that, thank God. But, I mean, we went again and again and again because I realized that we were missing out by not just getting on the ride. Right? I wonder how many people here today... Every time at the end of the service, they get up to that point where the preacher says, if you'll just give your life to Christ and you just keep walking on through, do you have any idea what you're missing? The ride of your life is waiting for you. And at the end of the message, please don't step through. Please get on and get ready for a lot of fun because God has got big plans for your life. You know, I'm so into roller coasters that a few years ago, I bought one. I actually thought, this is gonna be fun. Let's build a roller coaster on our stage. So we did. I ordered a roller coaster from China. Or as Trump would say, China. <laughs> so we ordered this roller coaster. Sorry, I just, it came out. I, I'm sorry, I, I can't. Sometimes stuff just flows out. You just go with it. I, I'm sorry. No political statements made today. I'm just... So we got this roller coaster, right? So we ordered it. I'm really into like the research of it and how to build it. And I want to do a whole series on roller coasters. I'm so into them, right? This is just like my dream. I'm like, this is going to be so great. You know? And before you start thinking, this is the most terrible use of money ever for a church. They spent money on a roller coaster. It was free. Here's how. 
We paid about 25 grand for it. And then I loaned it out at a rental fee to all my pastor friends around the country and it cost us nothing. <laughs> Point on that is creativity is always free. Where are you limited? You're not limited from money. You don't have a money problem, you have an idea problem. So begin to think, God, let me use my creativity. God can open doors. So anyways, back to the roller coaster. We get this roller coaster, it's so fun. I get on, I'm doing the whole teaching series on roller coasters, fast, fast, all this kind of stuff. All these little ideas are coming to my mind, right? And so I remember when I wrote it, that when I got on, I was like, oh, this is really slow. Like it was, it was really a kiddie coaster. And so I get on and it's going, dun, 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 I mean, it's about that pace. And you're like, wow, this is really boring and slow. And it just, it really was, honestly. And so what I learned was that this was actually not a roller coaster. This is a kiddie coaster. It's really designed for kids. It's very slow. It's like a little kid, like a four-year-old may like it. May, they may think it's lame. Honestly, my kids would be like, that's the dumbest thing ever. But, but I'm just telling you, like a little, little kid would think it's cool. That's about it. As an adult, teenager, super slow, not that great. What I learned is that to get the big coasters, like the Giant, right, or the Texas Cyclone or whatever your favorite coasters, like those, those are called gravity coasters. And those go by gravity, they, they push it up, that's the only thing to do after that, every dip and every turn is by gravity after that. And to get a big coaster, you have to lay a foundation. Can I tell you something? If you've not laid a foundation in Christ, you think your life is on the big coaster, but you're just on a kiddie coaster. But if you'll take the time to lay a foundation, your life will go so much higher and faster than you ever thought possible. Does that make sense? So no weight, no power. Little weight, a little bit of power. Big weight, big power. Now here's what I wanna do. I wanna help give you a fast pass today because none of us like long lines. And so I, when I went to Disney for the first time and they introduced fast passes, I was like, dear Lord, where have you been my whole life, right? You know what I'm telling you? I was like, this is, thank you, Lord. This is amazing, right? They gave me this fast pass and I walked past the whole line. I was like, this is amazing. But how many of you guys have been in the line where someone else is walking by? You're frustrated, right? You're like, are you kidding me? I'm in this line and you're just walking right up, right? You get so frustrated. But remember this, the same person who walked by you on the fast pass on that line, the next line you're in, you'll have the fast pass and they'll be waiting. So be careful not to judge your life next to someone else because where they may be faster, there's another area in their life that's slower. We all have a weight somewhere. Does that make sense? Please remember that. But let me give you a fast pass. Jesus had a weight. Did you know that? Oh, by the way, let's talk about David real quick. Did you know David was told that he was gonna be king by God and then 15 years later it happened. 15 years, David, think about that. Do you know the opposite of that happened to another king named Saul? How'd that work out? Terrible. Saul became king in a day, literally one day. Do you know the best thing I could do to damage your life would be to give you everything you asked for when you want it? If I wanted to ruin your life, I'd just give you everything you asked for right when you want it. But if I wanted to make you strong, if I wanted to make you strong, if I wanted to build you into something special, I would make sure you don't have the money, you don't have the, the skills, you don't have the know-how, you don't have the right connections. And you gotta get all that on your own. If I made it hard on you, you'd become great. You know, good people that are good with money didn't have money. People that are good with people had a rough background typically. They, they had to learn to get along with anyone. People that are blessed didn't start off that way. I just wanna encourage you to understand that God loves you so much he will not turn you and I into spoiled brats and give us everything we ask for right when we want it. Because he loves us, he won't do that. 
Instead, he gives us a weight. And the bigger the weight, the bigger the power. Look what happened to Samson. He, he, he's blind. Well, I keep jumping ahead. Let me stop. Let me talk about the fast pass. I want to give you quickly how we can have a fast pass in our life. Jesus, by the way, was told, oh, by the way, let me back up. Joseph, did you know that he was told he was going to run this nation one day? That took 14 years. So David took 15 years to become king. Joseph took 14 years. And we're not talking about 14 nice years. We're talking about 14 years of being a slave and being in prison. You want to make time go slower? Go to prison. We have a prison ministry. Those guys have lots of time on their hands. And you talk about life going slow. So it extended it even longer. But God was preparing them. You know, Jesus, he knew he was going to, you know, he knew who he was. He knew he was going to be the savior of the world. He knew all that. And we can clearly see when he was 12 years old, he goes to the temple. He, he pulls out the prophecy of Isaiah, reads it, realizing, I'm this prophecy. And he reads it, I'm the prophecy fulfilled at age 12. And then he fulfills it when? Oh, 13. Oh, wait, no, was it 14? Was it, wait, was it 16? Oh, no, 33. 12 to 33. Doesn't even begin his ministry till age 30. And you know why God did that? God said, no, we're not gonna do that with you, Jesus, yet. Because the scripture here is about to tell us he had to grow in stature. He had to grow in maturity. So Jesus, I don't know if you heard me. Jesus, God's son, who knows everything. He had to grow. So do you know the incredible arrogance for us to think we don't need some maturity? If he needed to mature? So how do you fast pass your life? You grow. And if you don't grow, you're gonna extend your line. You're gonna extend your weight. Because God can't bless you until you become blessable. So here's your fast pass, grow. Luke chapter two, Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with people. So I wanna give you three ways to grow. First in wisdom. I wanna challenge you to get some education and get some knowledge. Second Peter, excuse me, Second Timothy says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. Just, let me just ask you, if you're a student in here, don't blow off school. It's easy to want to do that. I hated school. I was, I was so bad at it. First of all, I was terrible. I'm super ADD. I mean, I really am. I'm, when I'm, I'm ADD, I'm like, dog, like I'm ADD. You know what I'm saying? Anyone else like that? Like, I, I can't stay focused on anything very long. And so if that's you, I've got good news for you. Once you get through school, that's a great gift. School, not so much. It's hard if you're in school. If you're a parent of a kid with ADD, I want to encourage you. Do you know that 25% of the CEOs of Fortune 100 companies all have ADD? Did you know that? And a large percent of them can't read either. And yet they're Fortune 100 company CEOs. What does that tell me? It tells me the ADD is the entrepreneurial gene. So it can be a great strength to you one day. Not initially, not in school, but once you get through school, it can be great for you. It really can. So back to this, because I'm ADD, I got all over the place. Sorry, here we go. Wisdom, get your education, get your knowledge. This is a huge thing. Sometimes it's formal education, sometimes it's not. But we all need to go to school. And maybe God stopped you in your career because he's like, you need to go back to school. Maybe God has stopped you in your growth path because he's like, you just don't know what you need to know yet. You don't even know. Here's the thing about what you don't know. You don't even know what you don't know. So you gotta start learning. I mean, I hear people tell me, oh, I'm believing God. God's given me a vision for real estate. I'm like, that's great. Do you own a property? No. You ever read a book on property? No. Well, 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 then you're not ready. Like, I mean, read a book. They're, they're $10. They're $5 at half price. This is not expensive. Like, you learn. Find someone who's already done it. You want to you advance your career. Does it take a degree? Then, then just go back and get your school. Oh, it's going to take me four years. But you've been complaining about that for six years. You could have already been on your way. 
So maybe it's time to pour some education into yourself. The best investment you can make is in yourself or you're gonna stay on the kiddie coaster. So it's what you do during the wait that matters. Next one, he grew in favor with God. What does this mean? It means we should obey God and learn from his word. Acts 22 verse 16 says this. So what are you waiting for? Get up and get yourself baptized, scrubbed, clean of those sins and, per- and personally acquainted with God. Isn't that a great version? I love that's the message translation. This is so powerful. What's he saying? God is saying to you, you think you're waiting on me, I'm waiting on you. Some people are like, well, I know the Lord, I'm walking with God. Let me unpack that. Can I do that? I just want to pick on you just a little bit, just, just a prod, just a little bit. Sorry, today I really feel called not to comfort the afflicted. I want to afflict the comfortable. So let me just challenge you today with a couple things. Let me just ask you. So you're, you're mature in the Lord, right? When's the last time you brought a lost person to church with you? Because maturity, last time I checked, physically means that we can reproduce. And that what maturity, that's how you know your body is maturing. I am, I'm in the middle of maturing, right? So when you finally mature, you can reproduce. But you say you're spiritually mature, but when's the last time you led someone to Christ? When's the last time you brought a lost person with you to church? Talk about a great church to do that in. This place is amazing. And so God did not, you know what? You built this building, which by the way, took nine years. That's not fast. But good things come to those who put in the time during their wait. But I want to tell you something about this facility. I need to, sorry, this is going to offend you a little bit. It wasn't built for you. It was built for your lost neighbors and friends. The church is the only organization I know that has membership for the sole benefit of its non-members. We are not here for ourselves. We are here for a lost and dying and broken world that needs Jesus. So let's look at the row. Look right now on, the row, on your left. Look at that row down your left. Look at that row down your right. I know you see some great, good-looking people sitting next to you, but I want you to imagine that whole row now full of your friends and family that aren't with you today. Make that your responsibility. Say, God, I'm going to fill a row this year. I'm going to bring people. Let's force this church to have to add another service and another one and another one. Praise God for his glory. Let's win this city to Christ. That's what we're called to do. In fact, could it be? Could it be the job you're stuck in? You're like, I'm just stuck in this position. I'm stuck in this department. We keep saying, why, God? God says, quit saying why. Start saying who. Who have I stuck you next to so you can win them to Christ? Aren't you glad Paul did that? Instead of being saying, I'm stuck in jail. He's like, wait a minute, who's here that doesn't know the Lord? That jailer. Let's begin to worship God. Let's show him what it looks like when we go through difficulties. That jailer said, who is that? And then God shook the whole place. The jailer didn't leave. He said, no, we're still here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to know what you got. Paul wasn't stuck. The jailer was stuck with him. You're not stuck around a bunch of bozos. They're stuck with you so you can witness to them. I don't know how many students will say, oh, you don't know how hard it is in my high school. I'm the only Christian there. Wow, God trusts you. You're the only one. You're the lone evangelist. Wow, you must be really good. God really trusts you. You're not stuck. You're called. You're called to reach them, to make a difference, to show them the love of Jesus. Last time I checked, there's a heaven and a hell, and we're going to go one place or the other, and we're supposed to be making a difference in that. I mean, am I the only one cluing into this in the Bible? It's very clear in the Bible that we have to do our jobs. We are called to win people to Christ. So you are not stuck with someone. They are stuck with you so you can tell them about the gospel, so you can show them how Christ loves them. I want to challenge you to begin to think like that. So grow in favor with God by following his word, by becoming a witness, uh, by tithing. You know, I, I think it's funny that a lot of people's dreams are tied to money, but they don't get this. You know, like, oh, God, bless me. And God's like, so I can bless you with more you're going to be disobedient with? So you want me to give you more money to disobey me with? Let me just get this straight. So I've given you this. 
Fries, right? You ever done that with your kids? You're like, you buy them a Happy Meal or here's some food, you know, and you go reach over to get a fry, and they're like, no, that's my fry. And you're like, really? That's your fry? Who paid for that fry? So I give you free fries, and you won't give me a portion? I think God's saying that to us. So you want me to give you more fries, but you try to slap my hand away when I just ask for my portion. I want to challenge you. If you say, I want to be spiritually strong and I want to be mature, that's what maturity looks like. Maturity is a life of sacrifice. Maturity is someone who is using their influence to win people to Christ and using their affluence to win people to Christ. That's what maturity actually looks like. Otherwise, you look really big and tough on the kiddie ride. But if you want to step up to the big boy ride, you need a foundation of obedience, a foundation of evangelism, a foundation of prayer, a foundation of knowing his word, a foundation of faithfulness. Someone help me out here. Come on, let's get a foundation. Let's say, God, we will be your people. Let's get excited. And then last of all, favor with people. God wants us to learn to be trustworthy, learn to be honoring, and learn authority. Exodus 20 says, honor your father and mother. You realize that's one of the big 10 commandments. It's such a big deal. I have a father who is 86. He turns 87 this month. I am still honoring him. There is no expiration date with honor. You still honor. And you know what it says in scripture in Ephesians? It says, if you honor your father and mother, your life will go well and you'll live a long, good life. So I always reverse that to my kids. I'm saying, you can dishonor us if you want and live a short, miserable life. It's fine, you can do that. Or you can honor your parents and live a long, happy life. Just, it's your choice, whatever you want to do. Which, just, I know it's kind of hard to figure out, well, which one do I want? I'm just trying to decide. So figure out which one you want and just do what that one says. You want a long, happy life, be a person of honor. Romans 13 says, give, give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Maybe you're like, oh, I just want the corner office. I want to be the boss. And God's like, so you talk bad about the boss in the break room, but yet you want to be the boss. So God can't give you authority until you first learn to get under authority. You got to get under what's over you so whether you can get over what's, what you think is under you. We have to first learn to honor, favor with God and with other people. And if you do that, if you do these things, you get the fast pass. This speeds up your life. Honoring the Lord, getting that foundation, then you get to get on the big ride. What happened to Samson? Samson lost his eyesight, but he got his vision back. He realized, you gave me my strength, God, so I can make a difference, so I can be a warrior to push back the darkness. But the Philistines had already caught him at that point. But aren't you glad that God is a God of second chances? Anyone else need that? Because I know I do. Look what happens in Judges chapter 16. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. This is, he's blind. They're, they're making fun of him. They bring him out to use him as entertainment. The, Philistine, the Philistines are really good at partying. You know, I mean, they, they really know how to throw a party. There's this huge party, this huge massive deck. All the top ladies are, all the top brass are there. It's like the place to be. It's like Club Philistia. It's ladies' night. They're all there. They're partying it up. They're on this giant deck. Underneath are these two poles, these two pillars that are holding the whole thing up. Samson says, after they made fun of him, he says, hey, hey, you over there, yeah, you want the one that got me talking? Can you... Can you show me where those pillars are? Aren't there two big pillars? He goes, hey, they're over here. Never clued into what was going on. And so he says, right over here. So he gets them right in front of both those pillars. He feels the pillars. He says, God, I've waited. His hair grew back. That takes months. Didn't happen overnight. So we, want, we want that fast process. Like, oh, just, I want to become spiritual fast. I want to honor you fast. I want to get that job fast. I want to. And God's like, no, 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 no. Wait it out. Be faithful. Serve the Lord. Stay put. God will bless you right where you're at. You don't need another zip code. You're in the right zip code. 
You'll bless me right where I'm at. God says, just get a good footing. Wait for your strength to grow. When his hair grew out, the right time came, and he said, God, please use me one last time. And then he pushed. His strength had come back. The pillars came down, and all of the evil that the devil had used against Samson came crashing down in one act of obedience. He waited. It was a long wait, but the big waits lead to the big power. And then God did great things through him. And we still speak of his legacy today. Even after all the dumb things he did, he did one thing really right. He waited on the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me every head bowed every eye closed? We just take a moment to pray. Maybe God's speaking to you today and you're saying, hey, you're, you're getting a little fast there. You're, you're, you're getting too excited. You're, you know, God's saying, slow your roll. I got a plan. He says, I got you. I got a plan. Every head bowed every eye closed. I want to encourage you today. Maybe your prayer is to say, God, forgive me for being anxious. Forgive me for panicking, for trying to make it happen in my life rather than waiting on you, waiting on the Lord for the right relationship, the right job opportunity, the right promotion, the right raise. God, I want to learn to be patient. But while I'm patient, God, I want to be getting myself ready. I want to be growing at the same time. Let God grow you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never given your life to Christ, please don't step through the ride of your life. Step on the ride of your life and give your life to Christ. But I want to warn you, buckle up, because it's an awesome ride. Because God loves you so much, he sent his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. Then Jesus proved that he's God by raising again to life. Did you know there were over 500 witnesses who saw him raise again? 500 witnesses. Can't really bluff that. Can't really make that up. And no one broke. Where's all that literature from back then saying, oh, it was all a lie, the whole thing was made up? Not one document of that. Not one. Because it really happened. And now Jesus waits for you to receive him. You can pray this prayer with me. You just say this in your heart right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. Would you come in my heart? Would you be my Lord and my Savior? I've tried everything else the world has to offer, and I realize you're the right of my life. So I ask you to come in my life. Change me from within. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Thank you. Let me share with you today. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about Keystone Church, please visit us at keystonechurch.com.